Hey guys, this is Gabe, one of the co-hosts of the Nothing But Nylon podcast powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Letting you know that very soon we will be transitioning to our own page. So if you're enjoying our content, be sure to catch us there. Episodes will be releasing on both pages for the next few weeks as we transition over to the new spot. And thank you guys for supporting us as we begin our second season of Nothing But Nylon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Nothing But Nylon with Gabe and Tyreek. We are back, man, after a week hiatus, but Ohio State men's basketball did not have the week off like we did for Thanksgiving, Gabe. Um, for those of you who want to know what Gabe's wearing today, he's dressed nice, man. He's got a suit jacket on, turtleneck, scarf. Hey, I man. guess I didn't get the memo. Yo, listen, <laughs> college is a hell of a thing. You know, had a little group project today, had to present, had to dress my best, but you know, Tyreek is always dressed nice, consistently. He's no, no, he's no. always out here in some a nice Nike windbreaker. You know, have to dress for the weather, but a hey, different different styles of style. But you're you're a well dressed man too. I appreciate that, man. You know, I, I like to try and stay at least cleaned up a little bit, man. So I appreciate that. And it is getting cold outside, man. But Ohio State is starting to warm up a little bit. You know, a little segue right there. Ohio State starting to warm up. They are now ranked. First time this season. And you said before we started recording um, that you were kind of surprised that they ranked this early. Why is that? You know, just because coming into the season, I don't think expectations were very high for this team. I think, you know, a bit of a rebuilding year, a lot of freshmen, pretty decently highly touted freshmen. But at the same time, you know, there's always that adjustment period. There's some things you have to go through to grow as a team, especially with a lot of uncertainty when you only really have two rotational players in that played last year. And one of them spent most of the year injured. So... Just with all of those question marks, you think, you know, there's a lot of building this team is going to have to do to really hit their stride. But they've done so, and they've done so pretty early. And I think it's funny how you mentioned warming up because a lot of that, while it may be cold here in Columbus, they were playing in Maui, and they were really taking care of business, you know. Took their first loss of the season against San Diego State, but then they really bounced back from that. And then, you know, big win over Cincinnati, really solid win, close win against Texas Tech, really showed a lot of fight to hold on towards the end. So, I mean, they, they did a lot of really good things down there, I think. Very impressive trip to Maui, I think. Um, we kind of expected the San Diego State game. At least I think I mentioned it. Like, it's going to be a tough game. But I think they walked away from that game knowing that we can still contend with teams that are, you know, ranked or maybe more talented than we are right now. And they fought in that game. Like, they got down early, but they fought back. They made it a game. Just San Diego State was just able to pull away late. But they played really well in that first contest. Ridley played great against Cincinnati and then finished it off against Texas Tech where um, the hometown kid, you know, Justice Soong had a big-time game. Um, I would say it kind of reminded me of, like, last season, like how Malachi would have his big games and uh, EJ would have his big games. Like, they would just take over in every facet, you know, three-level scoring ability and stuff like that. Um, just very impressive trip to Maui. Um, and now ranked coming out of that, a chance to beat another top 25 team in Duke tonight. Um it's, it's on the ups for Ohio State. I'm very impressed with the start to the season. Um, I would agree with you, like, kind of exceeding my early season expectations for them. Um, not so much, like, record-wise. I think, like, I kind of expected maybe one, maybe two losses at this point. But they've just looked very, very impressive, you know, against no matter who they've played. You know, obviously the toughest of non-conferences yet to come. But still at the same time, like, you can only play who's in front of you. And Ohio State's done that, and they've done it pretty well. Even in the loss, like, you see some good things, you know. 
maybe the guys who you expect to score a lot of points in Justice and Zed maybe not putting up the biggest numbers, but like you get a big Sean McNeil game, and that's something you like to see as a guy who just came in. You know, your freshmen of Bruce Thornton and Bryce Sinsabaugh, who are probably expected to be the two biggest freshman contributors, certainly have been so far this season. You know, they both have a pretty solid game, and especially on Bryce's end, he's just continued to show out. And even against the best team they've played so far, and pretty much against any team they've played so far, all throughout the Maui tournament, he just continued to show his ability to score the basketball at this level, which came way quicker than anybody thought it would. I like that they're keeping him in his role coming off the bench because I feel like that pop off the bench that he can provide, something that you need, you know, as a as a team that had a lot of turnover, you kind of need somebody off the bench that's consistent. If you just watch his game, man, big wing, he's built like an NBA player right now. I'm obviously, you know, feeling out the rest of his body and stuff, but you know, you can make an argument he looks more NBA ready than any Ohio State freshman that we've seen maybe since D'Angelo Russell, which was like seven years ago. Like, it's been a while since we've seen Ohio State freshman come in right off the bat and produce like he has. He's been so impressive. Um, really clean get offensive game. Definitely still needs to, you know, work on some things defensively. I think that's maybe why, you know, in their last game against against Texas Tech, didn't see the floor that much. Um, but I, th I like the consistency, though. He's been very good leading the team to scoring so far. Um, and it's good to see that it's not just like the top guys, you know, other guys are producing, you know, hitting shots. Like you mentioned before we started recording, like Bruce Thornton's shooting the ball really well, you know, which is something that, you know, in the preseason game or the exhibition game, I'm sorry, he didn't, he didn't shoot the ball that good, but now he's starting to shoot the ball very good. I think 50% from the field, like almost 50% from three. You know, that's just things that you like to see. And you can definitely build on that as the season goes on. Yeah. You know, both freshmen, Bryce and Bruce shooting like 47, 46% from three, like that is especially what you like to see. And especially on a Chris Holtman squad that likes to take a lot of outside jumpers, like you're showing these recruits are not only just talented, but they fit the system and they fit what he likes to run. So I think that only shows that their impact will only continue to grow. But I want to call, call back to, uh, to something you said a little earlier in Bryce's consistency. And I think you look at each of these games and you see throughout the starting lineup, you know, like one game against San Diego State, you know, maybe Sean McNeil is the guy who's doing the heavy lifting for your offense in the starting lineup. You know, you have a game, Justice Suing, he drops 30. He's the big guy that game. You know, you have a Zed Key, 19 and 8 against Cincinnati. Bruce Thornton has a pretty solid game. But then in all these games, the same thing you see is Bryce as that consistency off the bench. And so I think with that, it just highlights how important his role is being there. Because if you are going to be that consistent guy, imagine if now Bryce is in your starting lineup and he's in the rotation with those guys, and now maybe somebody who's a little bit more inconsistent is now taking that six-man role. Well, what happens if he's off? Now all of a sudden, the bench just is not having a lot of production. As long as he's there and he's going to continue to be that prime scoring piece in the bench unit, I think that is the perfect spot for him. It, cha it changes a lot. Like If you don't have that guy off the bench that you can – you know, look to if maybe the starters get off to a slow start, which, you know, that kind of happened. I think it might have been the Texas Tech game um, where both teams just got off to a really sloppy start. So you you like to have somebody off your bench that is able to produce consistently. That's why I'm hoping he's – seems like he's bought into the role, and I'm hoping that they keep him in that role, you know, unless, like, you know, an, an unfortunate injury happens where he maybe has to step into the starting lineup. Um, but like you said, like just having that consistent piece off the bench – can really like save a terrible offensive night because if the starters get off to a slow start, then you got Bryce coming in and he's gonna, you know, be efficient, he's gonna be consistent and, you know, basically get you double figures off of your bench, which is something that 
this team did not have last season consistently. Right. And I don't even want to frame it all as negative because looking, you know, on one end, you can call it inconsistency, but also at the same time, you can also look at it from the other end of the spectrum and say, well, a different guy can step up every time. Like you look at this roster and you have three guys averaging over double figures. You have two more who are averaging at least nine. And so, you know, in some games, like those guys are liable to be your leading scorer. There's five guys who you can, you can reasonably say like that night, they're going to be the guy who's scoring the most points to give you the win. And so just from that perspective, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe they might be sort of on and off, but also when other teams are preparing for you, they're not just preparing for one guy or maybe two guys like we saw a lot of last year. Now it's, oh, like they've got some options. There's a lot of ways they can take us down. And I think especially as a team that might be an underdog in a lot of matchups coming up soon, that makes them dangerous. Yeah, and it's it's a lot different than last season saying, you know, because we kind of knew who the two guys were that were going to carry the load offensively pretty much every single night. So it's definitely good to have that, you know, depth as in as in the sense that, you know, one night it can be Sean McNeil, one night it can be Zed, one night it can be uh, Justice, one night it can be Bryce. Like, that's good to have that, you know, variability in your, you know, scoring department. But um, I think I've been more so impressed, like, just to see them defensively. I feel like they really buckled down a little bit outside of the San Diego State game where they gave, gave up 88 points. Other than that, they've been very solid defensively and in key moments too. So, um been very impressed with that. Like they held Cincinnati to 53 points, which is pre- pretty, you know, tall task, you know, to do against, you know, a, a pretty solid Division One team, you know, traditionally. So impressive early season, man. I think exceeding my expectations, which we kind of, they were kind of unknown. Like we mentioned, like we don't know what to expect. But right now, sitting at five and one, going into Duke, and I said our last episode, if they were to play Duke at that time, I thought that they would beat Duke. And I kind of still feel that way. You know, it's going to be tough going into Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is one of the t- toughest places to play in college basketball. But I think Ohio State could, for the second year in a row, beat Duke. I don't think that's too far-fetched to say. I mean, could is definitely one thing. I still don't think I'd place my money on them doing so just because of the road aspect. I think I would. Duke I'm has just not, not sure because we've Duke's seen Duke's not them. been impressive, man. I, I would not be surprised if Ohio State really, like, came out of the gates and kind of jumped on them a little bit. Just, like, we haven't really seen them in a road matchup yet, like a big road matchup. That's true. So It's like, you know, you know they've traveled, but they traveled to a neutral site. So it's just such a completely different dynamic. We know especially, I know it's not like a Big Ten matchup, but Big Ten teams always traditionally are really good at home and really struggle to travel. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy by any means. It's not. But I, I'm kind of expecting an upset. I don't even know if this would be an upset. I guess because they are the road team. But I'm kind of expecting Ohio State win. If not, I think they're going to play a really, really good game at the very least. I don't think Duke is going to be able to pull away from them if it is you know, a Duke victory. I think it will be a very closely contested game. Well, I mean, it, it, it would be an upset regardless, I think. 25, who just became ranked, just got there beating Duke, who, I mean, not just a blue blood, but also 17 at the moment of recording still. I mean, that's that's a pretty significant ranking differential. So just by the nature of it, that's going to be an upset. And I think it is a tough task. But at the same time, if there's any time to go out and beat Duke, it would be right now where they're in the biggest transition period that they've had in literal decades. 
Tater are always in some type of transitional period, but obviously Coach K leaving is like the I, biggest, that's, the biggest transitional yeah. periods. That's just college, I think. It's like players are gonna come and go. You know, the max you're really gonna have a player is what maybe five years, and a lot of times yeah. guys use that fifth year in transfer. So you're probably thinking even less than that. And then if you're a top tier program like a Duke, I mean, they have a couple guys compared to a program like Kentucky that I think Duke keeps their guys a little bit longer on average. But at the same time, they'll also have a fair amount of their own one-and-dones and maybe a couple guys who leave after a sophomore season. So even with that, like in college, the coach, I think, can really become the system more so. And so when you lose a coach, I think that's a, I mean, that's a bigger transition than losing any player, even if it's somebody who's been with your program for a long time or somebody with a similar system or any factor, I think in any case, and especially when your coach is – I think by almost all accounts, the greatest college coach of all time, yeah. that's going to be a transition. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's why Duke's been able to stay relevant for basically 40 years. It's because Coach K was always there. And not saying that Jeff Capel's not a capable coach, because I think he is, but you kind of saw it with, like, you know, North Carolina last season. Like, they they lost Roy Williams, and it took that team a, a while to really step into, you know, their zone. It took them until basically March to really, like, turn it up a little bit. So. We, it might be the same thing for Duke. That's why I think, like, these early season games are, you know, potential losses. Like, they just got smacked by Purdue uh, over the weekend. Like, they're reeling off a loss. Obviously, they're going to be very, you know, they're going to be wanting this game. But I think Ohio State's playing with supreme confidence right now. Um, in their mind, they probably think, like, they could be undefeated right now. Like, the San Diego State game kind of got away from them, but they had it right there. Just, you know, San Diego State was able to pull away. So, I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting game. Definitely must watch basketball. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's good to see that Ohio State's just playing right now their best basketball, and I don't think a lot of people expect them to be this good so early, including us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially coming off Texas Tech, I think in specific, like coming off of that game, you really got Justice going. He had a great game in that game. Close game all the way down the stretch, five points, or less with mere minutes left. I mean, I think that's the kind of win you need coming into a game against Duke. I don't think you want to come into that game where you know you're against a tough opponent coming off of like some 20-point, 30-point blowout victory. If they had come into this game after Cincinnati, I think they'd be like, oh, we just got a big win. You know, it wasn't really nitty-gritty towards the end. And then you might come in, get down early, and you're on the road, and you just do not come back. In this sense, like the way that they just left off, Coming into it, I think that gives them a much better chance, and especially to have who I think probably has the highest scoring potential on the team. Maybe it's an argument with Bryce at this point, but Justice, having him going now, if he can take that momentum and carry it into the next game, and Bryce can do his thing off the bench, I think almost at any point in this game, you're going to have a guy who can get you some solid buckets on the floor, and it's just going to be a matter of everybody around him. I think like, like we say with... There's guys who step up some games, a little bit of inconsistency. It might be somebody different. You're probably going to need at least, like, at least three of them to step up. Like, you're going to need yeah. a good Bryce game, a good Justice game, and then either, like, at least, like, a 15 from Bruce maybe or, like, like a 14 double-double from Zed at least. Or uh, There's going to have to be some impact players, I think, beyond just, like, another Bryce 17 off the bench and one guy in the starting lineup drops 20. I think it has to be kind of similar to last season, like, 
Cedric Russell had a surprise breakout game against Duke, hit some clutch shots. You know, maybe it's a Sean McNeil, you know, maybe he's a, a few three-point shots tonight. Maybe that's what it is. Or, you know, maybe we get a Tanner holding game because he, he kind of struggled in Maui a little bit. So maybe, you know, he can get his confidence back, you know, get some more playing time, you know, who knows? Or maybe it's, you know, the top three scorers each have productive nights. Um, it's going to take, it will definitely, I agree with you. It can't just be like another big justice game or a big Zed game or a big Bryce game. It kind of has to be a little bit of everybody chipping in. Defensively, they got to be locked into it because these these kinds of games where you're going on the road, your first true road game, if you're not locked in defensively, the game can get away from you very early. So got to be locked in defensively. Um, guys got to be able to hit shots. You know, so if we can see Bruce knock down some threes, Sean knock down some threes, even Bryce, I think that can go a long ways and that can help them produce this upset that, you know, I'm kind of highly anticipating. Overall, though, I think even if they don't meet your expectations, I think as long as they remain competitive in this game, yeah. I think it will be a big thing and them sort of proving themselves to the rest of the Big Ten and saying, okay, EJ Liddell might have left. Malachi Brandon might have left, but we're still here. Like, we still have something to offer. We're still a good program. And it's not just a couple players that made us relevant. We're going to continue to succeed. Just That's because, like, the whole Big Ten, I mean, a lot of teams look really good. Purdue probably more than anybody. But, I mean, most teams in the Big Ten, every team in the Big Ten has a winning record right now. There's several that are one loss, a couple undefeated, like, Obviously, non-conference schedules this early in the season, you're probably not playing your toughest opponents yet, but a lot of teams are playing very impressive. A lot of teams that were especially better than Ohio State, not only throughout all of last season, but especially towards the end of last season, and maybe carried over a little bit more of their roster and their top talent and what they've been doing. So as far as keeping themselves established and sort of not falling by the wayside in this conference, while it's not direct conference matchups, it's still playing against Duke, playing against North Carolina. That's going to be just only more preparation for when you play against Purdue or when you play against an experienced Indiana. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams, I mean, basically every team in the country, or at least major division when they're coming off of, you know, their invitationals, whether it's Maui or whether it's, you know, the Portland uh, Phil Knight Invitational. Like, teams are coming off, you know, playing against quality competition in neutral sites, which are, you know, you can argue, like, neutral site games might be just as tough as, like, some true road games because – it's really that March Madness type environment where if a team gets hot, you know, you might just be, you know, screwed that night. You know, that's just how it is. I just watched Carolina fall victim to that two games in their invitational. So Ohio State's definitely feeling battle tested. I think Duke was probably feeling the same way too. And a lot of other teams like in the Big Ten are probably feeling that way. So we're getting to that point in the season. It's still early, but kind of getting some type of idea of what these what to expect from these teams once conference play begins. You know, thinking about road matchups and being like a good road team and like versus a neutral site i just want to highlight like i know we haven't seen this team on the road but i see constantly and you know obviously certain pictures and certain reports probably don't tell the whole story and obviously not the strongest of opponents have been in columbus but attendance numbers do not look great and now you know i think it's too early to really make any grand conclusions off of that like yeah the star players left town but at the same time, you're playing schools that half of your student body has never heard of. So it's like, are they going to be that compelled to be at the game? I'm not really sure. But at the same time, that goes to say, like, it's not like they've been that assisted by, like, a raucous crowd. 
Are we a casual basketball school? I I don't know because like obviously Ohio State is a football school. Yes. But basketball's been pretty good in the Chris Holtman era. I mean, a little a little disappointing in March, you know, sometimes yeah. falls short in the Big Ten tournament, but at least through the regular season, like you're usually winning at least two thirds of your games, and I think that that makes people want to go. I mean, people still want to get out and go to sporting events, and yeah. I think just spend like a a Friday with their friends, like in the winter still. Well, maybe it's you know you also got to look. Games are typically Tuesdays, Thursdays. At least you know games so far this season, like they've been odd weekdays because that's how college basketball is. Right. Maybe that's a factor. Maybe it's a factor of. Charleston Southern and schools like that. No disrespect to them at all. They are Division One programs, but obviously they're not, you know, it's not like Duke coming or, you know, a Carolina coming or even like a big Big Ten matchup like a Indiana coming to the arena or something like that. So maybe that's a little bit of a factor. Maybe it's the transition from football to basketball that, you know, maybe people aren't, you know, as in tune with basketball right now. But I think once, once conference play starts and, um, you know, those games are of that much more importance. I think we'll see, you know, the crowd at the shot start to fill up a little more. You know, I can't blame people for not wanting to go watch Ohio State play at a school that they probably don't even know where it's at. You know, I can't really blame them for that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. So it's like, like I said, I feel like the reports are a little bit overstated. Like, even even football, like – the stadium was still pretty full for like you know like Arkansas State. Like, it was still a hundred thousand, but but like by halftime, especially were gone. yeah, by halftime like people were gone. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know people are going to the football game because it's nice outside. It's Ohio State football, it's like it's just once, a brand. It's once a week, right? It's once a week. It's on Saturday. You don't have class, but then even then, like by halftime, they were gone. So you're thinking for students who live on campus, basketball is a farther walk. Yes, like. It's cold. Right. It's <laughs> cold. You probably have class the next day. And games are at what, like 7, 7.15, 7.30 a lot of the time. Like, So you're there pretty late. You're walking back late. It's getting colder outside. Especially for, you think, like, the shot is west of main campus. And most students who live off campus live east of campus. Yeah. So even just from that perspective, like, then it just becomes even further Makes sense. I mean, there, I think there, there's a lot of factors that I think play into attendance. But, like, is Ohio State a casual basketball school? I don't know. Somewhat. I don't know. I think, like, Somewhat. relative, like, you know, hate me, hate me all you want, but I say all the time, the Ohio State football fan base is like a cult fan base. <laughs> like, they, like, it's diehard. People will literally get like incredibly angry, happy, emotionally invested, just very reactive and emotionally tied yes. to the outcomes of Ohio State football games. You got a prime example of that last Saturday. Basketball is just simply not the same way. And I think basketball as a sport in general has a little bit of that effect because, you know, in football, every game is must watch. Even though Arkansas State was like a, almost a guaranteed win, if they lose that game, 
Right now, they have no chance of being in the playoff. They might have lost one game, but they still have a chance because every game matters that much. And once you got to halftime, you're like, this game is over. Yeah, now they leave. But them winning that game still mattered. In basketball, like, the opponent isn't very exciting if you're playing, like, Charleston Southern. And even if you lose that game, like, it's November. The Big Ten tournament is, what, March or, like, February? Late February. Late Fe- Exactly. So it's, like, so far away. And, you know, teams get good seeds in conference tournaments all the time and national tournaments and can drop some early season games. Like, do I think that because Duke lost to Purdue big, and I know Purdue is a much better team than a lot of the teams Ohio State's played, yes. but, like, is Duke not a contender in the ACC because they got whooped by them? Uh, it just might hurt them a little bit when seeding comes, but if they lose that game and then run the table in the ACC, nobody will care. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like every game is not as important. So just for all those factors, for the day of the week, for the time, you know, football games are also usually at noon. Not so much this season, sadly. It has yeah. been a little different this season, but you, traditionally usually yeah. at noon. Makes sense. I'm looking at Deuce attendance. Cam, Cameron Indoor only seats 9,314 people, but they sold out every game. But I think that alludes to Deuce a basketball school, and you say um, Ohio State football is a co-following. The Duke Brotherhood, I think, is a cult following too. So it, it kind of makes sense, man. Like, they, like they're going to sell out against Jacksonville, just like Ohio State's going to sell out against Arkansas State. That's just how it is. But Duke football, I'm sure, is probably not selling out. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, just call like saying like a school. It's like relative to football. Obviously, Ohio State is a casual basketball school, but is it like a apathetic? Like nobody really cares. I still think people have some investment. Now, I think the thing with football is that it's so iconic and so tied to the school's identity that people who don't like sports, I mean, you can you can look just like at our workplace, our classes, just out in public. There's a lot of people that go to football games that do not know how pass interference is called. Probably don't even know players outside of CJ. Exactly. They might know C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe like Cade Stover or something. Yeah. But like on basketball, those people who do not care about sports at all, I think are a little bit less likely because it's a little bit less tied to the school's identity. I can agree with that. I'm looking at Ohio State's attendance numbers so far this season. Each game. First three home games, under 50%, which Value City Arena is a big arena. It seats almost 20,000 people. So it's a lot. that's a lot of seats that need to be filled. I'm interested. Uh, keep talking. I'm going to look up from last season and see what the attendance was like in those early games, like against Akron. Because Yeah, I want to see really because I was there against Akron, and I know that's in-state, so it's a little bit different, like, you know, there's a lot of people who probably have ties to both schools. A lot right. of people probably from that area. So it's like more interesting, just, you know, in-state rivalries, I think always have a little bit of an added boost, but still like under 50% this season, just from being at the Akron game in person last year, it didn't feel that low. 63%, just under 12,000 people. 63, but I mean, compared to under 50, like that's significant. 
Definitely a big jump. Definitely a big jump. And this season they went down pretty much each game, like 48% the first game. I think it was 46 and then 44 the last home game so far this season. I'm so intrigued, man. This is a good conversation because you see the second game last season, 51%. I'm just – what kind of bugs me about it, I would expect maybe at least the season opener to be a little higher. Yeah, season opener especially. Like, the couple yeah. after that, it's like, you know, you're not really playing anybody significant. And it's like, on a random weekday, sure, right. I get it. But the season opener, like, you would think would be much better than that. I think the biggest tell on that conversation is probably going to be seen first at the Rutgers game because that's a conference opponent who had a win against Ohio State last year. That should be like – Rutgers should have game. some more. Should have. I mean, I'm not expecting like a sold out crowd, but I think it should be a little bit higher than what we've seen. Okay, first. But then once you get to Purdue on January 5th, if that game has bad attendance, then there's an issue. First home game against a Big Ten opponent last season was against number 22 Wisconsin. I think it was at 73. percent It was like just under 14,000. So, right. So I trend. mean, I know this Duke game is going to be like probably close to sold out. 99% because it's Duke and they were ranked number one in the country. There was there was stars coming to the shot last year, though. Like, that Wisconsin game, like, you're talking Johnny Davis comes to town. He was yeah. – wasn't he Big Ten player of the year? He was. And then, you know, you have Keegan Murray comes to town. Like, you have great players that are playing in the shot. The number one overall pick came to town, so. so. We, I mean, that was out of conference, but. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll improve, man. It's just – it's probably hard just for people to get invested if it's bad teams. Like, you're probably only watching those games if you're a diehard fan or you kind of have to watch. If we're just yeah. being honest. Or maybe, you know, yeah, maybe if you're slightly above casual, I think those are the people that are watching yeah. and people that have to watch, you know, for reporting purposes – podcasting purposes and stuff like that right but this is also i think just the season of sports in general where you know ohio state has a game on a thursday that game probably is compared with like nba on tnt might have like a game or two yes thursday night football is on like there's a lot of other big sports going on at the same time and so it's like what are you more likely to watch the warriors versus the suns like the I don't know the Eagles playing like the Bills or something or like yeah, that's Ohio true. State versus a mid-major that is very true another thing that might factor into this is like they've been unranked each of the home games so maybe people this look at true. that people look at that and maybe they're just like not as in tune and they're like why would I go watch an unranked team Right. That that might be a part of it, too. It is, yeah. I mean, in a school that's used to being ranked, especially over – I mean, last season, really, the only time that we were unranked pretty early in the season and throughout the majority of the season was right before the Duke game. Yeah. And then they beat Duke and ranked they the got right back season. into it. Yeah, ranked the rest of the season. So, hmm. there's yeah, there's just so many factors overall. But I do think it's something to keep an eye on because it's down so much from last year. And, you know, like you, you talk about the NBA as like a star-driven league. So it's like NCAA basketball, like I said earlier, a little bit more branded on coaches, a little bit more branded on programs and just on the brand. But yeah. at the same time, like 
maybe the star players leaving town did have an impact, but then they might. once people get in and they really see what, like, Bryce is doing and they come in and Justice has a big game against a big team, like, maybe that draws a lot of eyes. I'm going to say this. Um, people need to start going to see the Buckeyes men's basketball more and also the women's, man. Number number four ranked team in the country. They've been insane, man. Stat, I saw stats like over 90 points per game. You know, there was a stat forever. Like, I don't know if it still holds up, but yeah, it was like 32 turnovers a game. Like, that was, that was just ridiculous. Like, that feels like, I think I've said this before, but it's like that picture of like, Kobe when he had the Mamba Academy yeah, you team. you mentioned that last episode, yeah. I think. <laughs> that, that. They beat us by it's, two last year, and they beat him like 100. That is legit like a top varsity basketball team playing against their JV team. Like that, that's what it looks like. For real, bro. That's like, that's like whatever team Brownie's on right now playing against like my high school's JV team. Basically. You know they're coming to Columbus? Sierra Canyon? Really? Yes. There's, there's a showcase. I saw it on like, I think Instagram. It's like an ad, but there's a showcase, and there's a bunch of great teams around the country. Yeah, um, Bronny's going to announce his commitment during it. Didn't you hear? He is. He's committing to Ohio State. Oh, he's not. <laughs> you heard it here. I don't think he is. I personally think he's about to go to the G League route, unless he's just so bent on going to college, maybe for to be the first person in his family to go to college. I don't know. Savannah he would be a first-generation college student, wouldn't he? I think so, yeah. Maybe, maybe, but eh, I see him going the G League route or going to a bigger, I don't bigger know, the, basketball the, It's school. just like the big thing with the G League is like a lot of players who like want to make the money to send to their family or just to start supporting themselves early. Like, Bronny has just the absolute choice. There's still guys doing that, though, that are probably well off. Like, uh, D-Wade's son did that. He went to G League route. Um. Yeah, I'm sure there's guys that have done that. And there were guys that are probably like like Scoot Henderson would have been probably all American type of guard in college if he went, but decided not to. I'm just like, trying to <laughs> I'm I'm really just trying to push narratives at this point more than anything. You've been pushing this Brian to old state for like ever uh, since the Notre Dame game when he was there. Right. I have not the most confidence in that actually happening. However, the more it continues to be manifested, the more likely it is to occur. I'm, I'm not saying it, man. You just don't believe. I don't. I really don't. If I'm just being honest, I don't believe it. This is Ty Fraud. I'm, I'm negative, man. I'm, I'm very negative when it comes to this. I just I don't see it happening, man. See, I'm, I'm just telling you, if I'm Ohio State and these attendance numbers continue to not be good, though, I'm throwing everything I can at Bronny. I'm saying we will give you better, we'll give you whatever you want. Because we want to make this program popular and if Bronny is playing at Ohio State, those attendance numbers, I'm calling this a guarantee at least 80% every game. If Bronny's there, I would say it dang near sold 90. out. It's probably at least 90. I would say game. near sold out. But like, if they played the same schedule, those first three home games would be sold out just because Ronnie's there. Just because he's new, right? Yeah. And it's LeBron James' son going to Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Yes. If I'm them, I'm throwing everything at the – just the revenue. Like, Ohio State basketball instantly – even if it's just for a season, Ohio State basketball is instantly as relevant as Ohio State football. 
They don't even have to be. They don't even have to be the best team. I just not. I'm not even basing that on success. Based on just how often they're talked about by As not just Ohio State. I think it would be more comparable. I don't think that'd be Ohio State football with Bronny. Very, 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 very relevant. Ohio State football might not even be in the playoffs this year, and Bronny is going to be one of the most talked about. What does that mean? Ohio State football is still like prevalent when it comes. I know to they're top five, but like. National news media will be talking about Bronny often, sure. whether he is good or not. Sure, they will. Yeah, they will. That's fair. I just don't think it'll be on the same par as Ohio State football. That depends so. on what Ohio State football does in the future, because they have a lot of decisions to make. <laughs> it's funny how you lose one game and then. People were just panicking like so crazy. Well, technically, it's because they lost two games in the last two seasons. Yeah, to the same team. I guess. Yeah, it means that much, man. I'm not. I'm not in tap with the rivalry, bro. Don't say that, man. They, they cannot do anything to me. <laughs> I mean, they can't do much to me either. But as a student enrolled at the Ohio State University, you have you have to feel some kind of way, Tyreek. I don't. Now I'm trying to catch you up. I don't. Tyreek covers the team, so I. <laughs> I'm trying to put you him know, in a scan. I'm trying to put him in a scan. I'll say this: I was mad though because them get getting blown out the way they did messed with my social media numbers so much. And like we had the post about Michigan because you know unbiased, we're the lantern. Had the post about Michigan, and I don't think people like that. You get, did you get hate comments? Because I know uh, the sports page got hate comments. I we didn't get any on. Instagram or Facebook, but Twitter, yeah, the Lantern Sports Twitter definitely got some. The Lantern Sports Twitter, I know for sure. I didn't know if, like, the Lantern main Twitter had it. Uh, we, we definitely got some hate on Lantern Sports. It yeah, I'm bad. Not, a huge, not a huge fan of that by any accord. But, you not know, people either. are going to overreact to anything. People are going to get on Twitter and say their piece. But, you know, especially with basketball this season, like, yeah. I've ignored most of that. I'm not really tapped in too much yet to what the fans are saying because at this point so far, if you're saying something negative about this team, a 6-1 and one start when half of your team, more than half your team, two-thirds of your team is new. 5-1. Regardless. <laughs> I'm saying 6-1 and because they're going to be Duke tonight. By the time people, just saying like By the time that. people listen to this, 6-1. and one. Okay, that's fair. I'm so I'm, go, I'm going with your prediction. Hey, I agree. I, I said it last episode. I was like, if they're playing, if they were to play at that time, I was taking Ohio State. Now I'm even more confident than that. Hmm. It's gonna be a tough game, though. I'm intrigued. I'm I'm so intrigued with these attendance numbers. I went all the way back to 2014-15 when D'Angelo Russell was a freshman. Those first game of the season. Have you ever heard of UMass Lowell? Lowell. No, never, I've never heard of them. Seventy percent attendance is the first home game. So imagine if that's Bronny. Oh, the first game, Bronny. I don't care if they play freaking ICDC College. That is a sellout. <laughs> I don't care if they play Ronald McDonald Mick University, bro. They're they could sold out. They could legit so. play Sinclair. That is a sellout. Yes. Doesn't matter. Who it is play. a sellout. Just Bronny. I would like to see Bronny. I would like to see Bronny. You know, come to Ohio State. I think that'd be interesting. All right, then. I just don't believe in it. Okay. You feel me? Like you, you gotta believe. You can want something, but maybe not think it's achievable. And I just, I don't. I just can't see it happening. I'm sorry. Even when I see them in the jersey, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. But maybe if they, you know, if he sees like, hey, 
another freshman getting drafted first round, maybe they'll be like, hmm, maybe I'll come here. Well, for now, with that said, I guess we are in the era of Bryce. So maybe that will not that James. will encourage Bronny a little bit. Not Bryce James, Bryce has some pop. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think they're yeah. spelled the same. Maybe maybe uh, you know they saw Malachi one and done. You know yes. they saw they saw maybe Bryce goes one and done. If Bryce goes one and done, I think that only improves the odds of maybe Bronny to if he's project if Bryce is projected higher on draft boards, Bronny might say, hey, stay stay close to the land and become a Buckeye, but. I'm about to look something up since we're on the topic of Bronny. Okay, okay. Because I think 247 Sports, shout out to them, usually like have like projections, if I'm not mistaken. Or it's like interest or something like that. So he has three offers right now, I think. Okay. Three at the top. Yes. Okay, three offers. Memphis, Ohio State, USC. Duke has interest, Kansas has interest, Kentucky, Michigan, Carolina, Oregon. Those are the teams. It's a good variety, a lot of top programs. He usually has a projection, like this is where 247 thinks he's going to sign. He doesn't really seem like a USC guy. He nah, like he, th- he, st- he seems like more of a UCLA guy if he was staying in L.A. I could see that, yeah. Because UCLA's been very – I mean, USC's been good. If he was going to be in Pac-12, I don't really see Oregon. If he was going to be Pac-12, I really think. Yeah. I could see ah, – yeah, I could see UCLA. I think that's – I could picture him in that jersey. Um, Memphis is intriguing, man, because they've been selling some prospects. And his former AAU teammate, Mikey Williams, mm-hmm. just committed to Memphis. They still have – they still got Coach Penny, don't they? Yep. Shout so yeah, Penny. players. I think that's a that's some players are like, especially young guards yes. having. I mean, I'm not gonna say like one of the greatest point guards of all time, but definitely a very successful point guard in the league, multi-time All Star, one of the most talented point guards ever for sure. Exactly. So, like a guy you want to learn from, I think Memphis is probably just gonna continue to strengthen itself as a program. I mean, I know it isn't exactly like. Success is definitely not unknown in that program back from like the D Rose days and back then, but I think that's that's a program that's kind of bringing themselves back up to maybe premier status soon. So definitely a contender in the brownie sweepstakes. I know that they have a projection somewhere on this internet. I'm gonna find it. All right, I think I think that can be the last thing for this episode. If you find that, you can find it sometime in the immediate future for sure uh give me a score prediction though score prediction ohio state versus duke yes all right uh, even though by the time this episode gets released you know we already know the outcome uh duke 77 ohio state 71 six point swing duke takes care of business right at the end with a solid performance from bryce once again i think justice might carry over some of his momentum but maybe come back down to earth and score like 14 I'll say a light Z double double, but they just don't manage to get it done. Okay. Duke plays a little bit too much offensively and just gets the job done at the end. Solid. Um, okay, two four seven does have the crystal ball, but there are currently no predictions for Bronny James. Okay. Sad. Um, so we we will revisit this when recruiting heats up a little more, man. Okay. So, 
Um, I guess I'll give my score prediction. Um, I don't think it'll be as high scoring as you say. I think it'll be more so 64-58. Give me the Buckeyes, man. All right. I think I think the guard play makes a difference. I think the Buckeyes guards will outplay the Duke guards. And I think Shaman Neal has hit some three-pointers. I think Bryce has a good another good game off the bench. I think Justice has another solid scoring performance too. Maybe not going to be 33, but you know, I think he'll give a solid 15 points, which will be just enough, you know, attacking the inside, really putting pressure on that Duke back line. So, give me Ohio State in this one, man. Back-to-back years on the same day upsetting Duke. So, two pretty different score predictions, I think both very likely to happen in one way or another. So, with that being said, this has been Nothing But Nylon, Season 2, Episode 3, powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Thank you for listening, and keep hitting Nothing But Nylon. Until next time. <laughs>